Today, we are going to be looking in the book of Mark, chapter one. And a lot of the things that we've been talking about already and even singing about kind of go along with this subject in Mark about new beginnings and about uh, God bringing water in dry places. I just love that song that the last song that we sang. That's so cool. I want to get the, um, the whole album or something. Yeah, it's beautiful. So if you turn to Mark chapter one and in the in the bigger Bibles, it's page 836. And the senior Bibles, what page is it? Anybody know in the new Bibles? 784, page 785 in the new Bibles, and then page 836 in the thicker Bibles. And so this is about John the Baptist. Anybody know who John the Baptist is? Yes. Who? Jesus' cousin. Jesus' cousin, exactly. Yes, Lorenda? Yes, he's known for wearing camel hair and eating like large crickets and honey. And living in the desert. So that's what prophets wore. That was like their outfit or their uniform. You would know a prophet by the fact that they wore camel hair. Um, because I guess that's just what they did with a leather belt. And they ate whatever was in the desert, which wasn't a whole lot out there. But there were grasshoppers or locusts, as they called them, giant grasshoppers. And, of course, honey, which they could get wild honey. And he was the son of Elizabeth. And right. He was the son of Elizabeth. And Zechariah and Elizabeth, um, kind of similar to Mary, had a baby miraculously. Uh, Mary had a baby uh, when she was not with any guy, she just got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And similarly, that's what happened to um, Elizabeth, who's Mary's cousin. And um, so, this is a story, a continuing story of miracles. And we know that Johnny was, Johnny the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. Now, Jesus has been living on the earth already, but people weren't really realizing that it was, you know, he's the savior of the world because he just looks like any old person, right? But um, now he's coming on the scene soon. And his cousin, who's older, but not by very much, maybe by three months or something, because actually, his mom, um, Elizabeth, and and his aunt, or yeah, and Jesus's mom, they were pregnant around the same time. So probably wasn't that much older. But anyway, John is has been given this really special assignment by God. And so here it says in verse one, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. When you think about beginnings, what does that remind you of too? In the beginning. Genesis. Genesis 1. Yes. Yeah. Guys are so with it. Even more than I am. That's for sure. Yes. Beginnings. This is, you know, in, the, in Genesis, we know that God was moving in darkness, in chaos, where there wasn't light. It was just dark. And it was also the word chaos was used. There wasn't a lot of life and just got God's word spoke into that darkness and nothingness and void and chaos and said, let there be light. And there was, 
And similarly, in this gospel of Mark, we have new beginnings too. And it wasn't just for back then, but it's for now because there's new beginnings in our life too. There's always a chance for a new Genesis beginning, a new moment where there's darkness, where there's hopelessness, where there's fear, where there's chaos, where there's dryness. It could be a desert. It could be, you know, it could be uh, out there in the streets where people are, you know, dying, literally dying. Like the people we visited are dying. All of those people on fentanyl are dying. They're on the road to dying. And that's where God's voice goes. And it's beautiful because um, Jesus' cousin goes before Jesus to prepare the way for the Lord. The Lord is God. The Lord Jesus Christ. And it's cool that God sends a, another person, a human being, to prepare um, God's the way for Jesus to come. So we know that um, the beginning of the gospel, which means what? What does gospel mean? Anybody remember? Huh? Yes. They're like all like really smart and with it people this morning or tonight. I'm, I'm not with it because I still think it's morning. I feel like it's morning. Yeah. So in Jesus, anybody remember what the name Jesus means? God with us, Emmanuel. God saves. The Lord saves. God saves. And Christ, Messiah. People. Wow. Okay. So the beginning of the good news of of God saves uh, Messiah. And he is the son of God, by the way. And this was not just something John the Baptist made up on the fly as he was talking. He actually started quoting from this, from Isaiah, who was a prophet way, way back in the Old Testament. And this is the first words that he says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, hey, behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way? Who will prepare your way? The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. So John quotes from Isaiah, who already said this before Jesus was even born, about a person that's going to come who's the messenger. John was the messenger who was sent to prepare people for God. And he's, and John is, talks about himself, or Isaiah talked about who John would be, as he, the one who's like a voice crying or like speaking out, not like wah, wah, not that kind of crying, but a voice like speaking out loudly in the wilderness or desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Well, what does it mean to prepare the way of the Lord? I always kind of wondered about this. So growing up, I always kind of, equated God with the church you know like when we were preparing to go to church kind of like it was like preparing to go meet God or something and how do we prepare what my my feeling of preparing for God was getting on nice clothes and my brothers my brother me my parents all be running around 
looking for the, you know, the good shirt that was in the laundry or it's wrinkled or the shoes are not good. No, they need to be polished. Back then we'd polish our shoes. No one would wear wrinkly clothes or like sweats or anything. It's like nice, nice clothes to church. And that's how we were preparing. And everyone else seemed to be doing the same thing because when they came, at least our church, everyone looked like they were dressed like to go to a wedding or something. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like many of them wore fur coats, you know, diamond rings. They wore, drove Mercedes. It was like a very, you know, upper class rich church. And people tried hard to not look like the one who didn't fit in. So we were all, there's all this pressure. But what that did, this idea of preparing for God made us stress out. And we were like, almost like yelling in the house, you know, getting in the car late, hurry up. This kind of stuff, it didn't make us feel great when I would think about preparing for God. It was always like, don't look like yourself. Look like, look like someone else. You know, Alice put your makeup on. Not that I even against makeup per se, but I'm just like it was all about the appearances. And then we were gonna feel like, well, now we're ready for God. Except I think everybody in the whole room was doing that. And so by the time they all got to church, they weren't feeling so great. So what is it to prepare the way for the Lord, really? What, what is it? A way back then was the same word for a path. Make a path for the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Like, do we actually take picks and shovels or a rake or a road? What do we do to make a path for God? Why do we have to make a path, you think? I kind of contemplated this. I've contemplated it for years, and I never really came up with a very good answer. But the other day, I was reading this guy Philemon of Gaza. Remember the guy we've been telling you about, who's this monk, whose you know scroll got his his um kind of uh, contemplating uh, you know contemplations were written down, but no one ever really knew who he was. And they got they were found like a long many years ago, many 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 years ago from the five hundreds. I was reading this guy, and he thinks that preparing the way of the Lord is preparing our hearts. What do you think about that? Preparing a path in our hearts. Um, well, John does say that he, uh, he just appeared, verse 4. He was baptizing in the wilderness, in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So that, that was the preparation that John was, that he, that he was, that, that was his assignment. It was a baptism for repentance. So he was baptizing people, um, but he was baptizing them um, in a way that was where they would confess their sins. So it says here that all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem was going out to John and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Okay, so they were confessing their sins. So if, if preparing a way for the Lord is um, preparing, is, is in our hearts, Jesus wants to walk in our hearts. Yes. And why is that? Well, our heart is like our control center. If we're the temples of the Holy Spirit, if our 
bodies are, were made to contain God's presence, very presence. Just like the temple back then was contained, was made to, you know, do all these things to, to prepare for God's presence. Now Jesus had um, to make each one of us like a little mini temple of his presence, yes. of his spirit that would come. And um, John was baptizing to get people ready. And he, and he says, um, uh, but the one who comes after me will not baptize with water, but will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So he's getting ready to um, get people uh, open to receiving the Holy Spirit from Jesus. So what does this look like for us? Back then, people were confessing their sins, right? Yes, Sarah? Uh, for me to keep up maintenance on my salvation, I really turn to Psalms a lot because there's that one, and I can't remember exactly the address of it, but it's like, search my heart, oh Lord. And yeah, search my heart and see if there's any evil way within us. And that's exactly what, what John is doing. That's what I think he's encouraging us to do. So John was in the desert, and there's a lot of, what is there in the desert? Not a heck of a lot. There's a lot of nothing. There's a lot of sand, a lot of sun a lot of quiet, some wind, yeah. and not a lot just living or moving around, you know? And so that that's, we need to find that, that kind of, um, I think, wilderness or that quiet. It's, sometimes it's, it's hard to do because we have cell phones, we have the internet, and there's a lot of voices that are making it hard to hear God's voice. So I think the well, desert- that, A lot of times we have something in our schools that we want to deal with or look at so we, uh, yeah there can be constant chatter even within ourselves yeah so i think here that john is was really um encouraging us just like he was encouraging the people back then to make a, a direct route for god to come to us and be close to us you know yes. and um and so that had to do with with what well with with being honest about who we who we are, because sometimes that path to our heart is cluttered with a lot of, of junk, right? Yeah. And we need that junk to, uh, to to go away. And so, in our preparation, in that quiet place where we're we're really trying to tune out the whole world and the, the other voices, we want to really focus on the voice of of Jesus. And so how to do that? Well, I think confession, that just means, you know, letting God show us what, what there is that's between us and him is yes. important. Saying, oh, I realize that this has gotten in the way, you know, and that's what sin is. It's, it's, uh, it's letting other things take place of God in our lives. And so in our hearts, which I don't think is our literal, like the organ of the heart, but it's more like our control center, the part of us that connects with God, you know, the spirit part of us, that uh, either we have something else in on the throne of our temple. We could have anything. We could have, what are some things that we could have on that place? Worry. Worry. Mm -hmm. Doubt. Doubt. What else? Fear. Fear. Okay. Copy, mm -hmm. <laughs> judgment, you know, we could be judging in our hearts, like ourselves. I, I found myself doing that the other day just because of my own hurt. I found that I was going over and over the words that someone spoke to me that were so 
sharp and so hurtful that I just couldn't, I just couldn't lay it home. It's so hurtful. And I ended up instead kind of judging that person because of the hurt that kind of somehow made it feel better. But the more I did it, the more I couldn't feel better. And the more I did it, the more I felt like my heart was actually loving that. There's something about my heart that was loving. You know how we can sort of love sin in a way. There's a part of us that's like, there's a lust for something. And it could be a lust for money. It could be a lust for worry, a lust for shopping, a lust, whatever. Like sometimes I find myself on the internet just looking for a pair of slippers and then I'll be like two hours. Oh, I'll order something that I get. I ordered like three pairs of slippers and none of them were not, they were all, I didn't like them by the time I got them, but it was just like, oh, is that package going to come and check the tracking, da, 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 all that. I get so excited and it's like, oh, so it wasn't even what I wanted. I'm like, search for some more slippers. And then I end up with nothing, no slippers. I was so mad. Anyways, those kind of things can clutter up, you know, just little things we obsess about, something we want and we try and we try and we can't get it, can't get it right. Or a relationship, you know, we can obsess about relationships in our hearts. There's so many things. And that takes up, takes up a lot of space that God would really like to be able to have with us. But we we're so busy and we're so wrapped up with that, that actually that becomes a thing that's on the throne of our lives. Have a, yeah, I have an angel that calls it a holy cow. Yeah, it's like a holy, like, like an like idol thing. thing. Mm -hmm, yeah, like totally. You know, movies, you know. For me, sometimes I think I just want to play. And it's funny because for the last week when we had vacation time, Bob and Ann and I were like, well, what should we watch tonight? And then all of us, for some reason, this is so unusual, we're like, so we don't really want to watch anything. And we're like, I'm not trying to sound holy or something, but we ended up kind of like, being Bible geeks and we were like reading the Bible to each other. We did do some movie watching too, I'm not gonna lie, but usually we would like binge on movies during our, our break time. And then sometimes we'd feel like disappointed, like what a dumb movie, you know? But I think God is drawing us in that way. I don't think it was me just being, oh, I'm just so done, so holy. I don't even wanna watch movies. I think it was really like God was, was calling, it's like um, romancing me, you know, not like on a, that kind of way but in like a spiritual way of like hey you're going to find some you're going to be really uh your heart's going to be moved and you're going to feel my love if if we, you want if you want to meditate on the scriptures instead of just meditating on movies so it, it's cool how that happens so when we confess like we were just confessing all this stuff this is the kind of thing that john was doing he was getting people to confess and, and turn away from it like repent just turn away like maybe we can turn away, even if it's for a couple hours a day, instead of doing this thing that we would do all the time, we could at least like do a little less and see how that works. And maybe God would we, we'd see that we want it less and less if we do it less and less and it doesn't become such a big thing in our lives that it would take up that whole like heart space, you know? So, but what happens when we confess? Confessing is good. And we can receive God's forgiveness. Um, but, you know, confessing isn't only what, um, what God wants. So John got people to confess. But even he said that there was a better baptism coming. And that was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit would come and bring healing. So when we confess, that's really good. And we turn away from stuff, that's really good. But honestly, 
of any of you, can any of you resonate with this? We know we're going to go back and mm -hmm. maybe sin again, right? And sometimes that's the thing that keeps us from even confessing in the first place, because we know we're going to do it again, maybe. And then that becomes a love, that becomes a passion when we don't just do that thing once, but it's like repetitive, repetitive behavior, you know, going back to that same thing over and over is going to create kind of like a love in our hearts that needs to be healed. So maybe we, we need to confess, and I encourage you to do this now because I'll do it too, is maybe spend this, spend a moment in confessing that we cannot stop sinning that we just keep doing it and that that's why we need a savior that reminds me of paul when he says that i do what my flesh tells me and my spirit hates it or yeah like paul says the very thing that i don't want to do i do and i just keep doing yes. it well, what a wretch i am yeah that thing yeah exactly that's exactly what i'm talking about so oh what's that yeah but praise be to god that he's free from all that so we can get free from that but it's important to not just confess and receive forgiveness, you know, and, um, you know, turn away from it, but just really confess and say to God, I know that my heart is sick, actually, kind of like a drug addict. I, you know, I, I try to stop, but then I, I don't know why I keep going back to the same thing I don't want. So, Jesus, I thank you that you came to free us and you didn't just come to hear our confessions like a priest. You didn't just come because you want us to be like religious. You came because you want us to live fully as sons and daughters who are free from the stuff that seduces our hearts to think that that's actually going to make us happy. And God, I just pray that you would give us just uh, just uh, um, what a, a fed upness for the things that aren't haven't brought us life, but yet we're still drawn to them. We know we need your healing. We know we need your healing, and you're the only healer. I'm going to read you something out of um, Psalm 57. Okay. Let's just take a moment and see if there's anything that God shows you that we, that you, where you feel like you're you're stuck stuck in a place of repetition. God, thank you that you are a healer that you bring water in the desert of our hearts. You bring water, just like that song we were singing that we're thirsty. And just like the deer that pants for streams of water, our soul is panting for you. And a dry and weary place where there is no water. Jesus, thank you that you're the living water, that you come and you make things new. You bring new beginnings. You bring life where there's nothing. And you bring miracles. Where there's, where there's just hopelessness. And thank you, Jesus, that you are the only one that heals us. In, in Isaiah 57, verse 18, it says, I have seen his ways, but I will heal him or her. 
I will heal them and restore comfort to them and their mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. So see this, it says, God has seen our ways, but will heal us. He sees our ways. He doesn't say, ah, I'm disgusted with you. Go do some more Hail Marys and, you know, go, go back and read your Bible. It's like, it says, I've seen their ways, and but God will heal them. And it says, I will lead them and restore comfort to them. Isn't that cool? This is Isaiah 57, 18 and 19. And then it says that God says, peace, peace to the far and to the near. So if you could be way off in the middle of downtown Mount Vernon, you know, behind or by dollars and just completely out of it. And God sees you and, and, and God's open to heal you. But we need to be able to confess wherever we are in our addiction of whatever thing has captured our hearts. Um, it's God wants us to make a way in our heart to prepare a way for him to come and to heal us, not just for us to say, yeah, I did it, yeah, I did it. Confession is one thing, but receiving healing and moving on towards uh, closeness with God is another. So peace, peace to the far and to the nearest is the Lord, and I will heal them. 57, 18. 57, yeah, 18. And so I just, um, I would encourage you to, to see that whatever, whatever the thing is that's captured our hearts or your hearts, and made you sick with that sin is not it is is not like um it's not like a forever thing sometimes we can feel like we've tried so hard and we'll never get free but when we make a place for god in our hearts i think that god comes and god god comes with hope and with with his love he prepares a way for us to also come to him so it's not just a one-way street. It's not just like God stands there with his arms crossed, waiting for us to get our act together, so to speak, to look all dressed up and ready for church. You know, he sees us how we are, with our sweats on, with whatever we're wearing, and he comes to heal. But we want, we need to want to be healed, right? It's like Jesus says to the to the guy who's blind, we want to be healed. It was the blind guy or was it the paralytic? I forget. Because he's was what the guy at the pool. Paralytic. Yeah, the paralytic got those mixed up. But he says, Do you want to be healed? And I guess that's the question that, that we're asked too. Do we want to be healed or do we just want to keep confessing all the time? You know? So God, we just pray that you would give us a hunger for you and that you would give us a desire to be to be healed at the at the center of our of our temple, that our that our heart would become a throne for you to sit and not for us to sit like little kings and queens in our own hearts and like being at the control center, controlling everything. We would allow you to come and we know that you're not a controlling kind of control freak, but you are a shepherd and that you're one who guides um, tenderly and that you, that you 
pick up the ones that can't walk very fast and you put them on your around your neck you can go and search for the ones that are straight away but we know that you Jesus show us God who is loving and is not controlling us but wants to guide us and be our shepherd and so we invite you tonight to come and, and be the good shepherd and we thank you that you have living water for us we want to receive that living water in the dry places in our hearts because we want to see new beginnings we want to experience the good news of you jesus this this new season this new year we pray this year beautiful strong name amen